Coming up in this episode of I Can't See You, I'll talk about the beginning stages of getting my GSA badge. I'll talk about viewing an Amtrak ICT mock-up to give some feedback on accessibility. And I'll also tell you about my trip to the DMV. No, I wasn't getting my driver's license, but I did spend an hour and 40 minutes there. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 188 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for today's episode, and I'm trying something a little bit different in case you didn't notice. I've dropped the word podcast from I Can't See You, because obviously you're listening to a podcast when... (laughs) When you're listening or watching a TV show, it doesn't say Gilligan's Island TV show or Gilligan's Island show. So I'm going to try it and see what I think. I also want to redo the logo because I've got some other things that I want to do. And to keep the word podcast in there kind of is confusing. And I already have ICan'tSeeYou.com. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U. So go ahead and check it out if you want to go over to the website, have all the podcasts over there, and some other things, some some really bad blog articles and things like that that you can check out as well from way back uh, about 15 years ago when I started the blog. So have a look. I do have a few things to talk about, and if you can do any kind of music, if you can... I I need a stinger. I need like a two or three second stinger to put in between all the different things that I talk about. And I've wanted one for a long time, but I haven't done one because I didn't want it to clash with the music that's in the opening and closing of the show. And I thought I really do need one because I do have a lot of small things to talk about in this episode. And I thought it would get confusing if I didn't have a stinger to go between them. I'm not going to use a stinger, but it's a couple of quick hitters and then a couple of more long-form things. So let's get into it. First and foremost, if you are listening to this before 2 p.m. on the 16th of July, I will have a link in the show notes where you can sign up for a podcasting roundtable that I'll be a part of. There's a lot of high-quality podcasters there, and then there's me. So Brian Fischler is going to be the moderator, and Allison Malloy is going to be there. She's also from That Real Blind Tech Show. Stephen Scott is going to be there, and he has got the greatest voice I have ever heard. So you have to check him out, and his podcast is called Blind Guy Talks Tech. Take a look for that, and just listen to his voice. Everything will sound great, even if it's not. (laughs) And lastly, Janine Stanley from Ira will be there, and we're hoping to have Janine on an episode of White Canes Connect to talk about Ira. I know there's been a lot of new changes, but when we speak with her, we want to talk completely about Ira, not just the new stuff, about everything, because we want to get everybody in the NFB of Pennsylvania and anybody else who listens the whole story about Ira. And it's a great service, and we hope to have her on soon. She actually has COVID, and I've got another COVID story later on <laughs> in this episode, but we'll leave that for a couple of minutes. And while we're speaking of that Real Blind Tech show, which of course is Brian uh, and Allison's show, along with Ed and sometimes Janine when Janine fills in, their website launched. And you know who made the website? I did. I'm very proud of it, and I want to give a shout out to Frank. Uh, from Bug Posse, Frank. (laughs) He actually went through and checked everything, links and everything else, and I really do appreciate that. It's great to have somebody on like that because I went through and checked it, and of course, as I was pushing to get it done, there were a few things I missed. I had a couple of typos in there, and weirdly enough, I had this really weird issue with an email link where the link looked good, the text for the link looked good, but when I burrowed down, I actually left the word tech off of the email address that they have it it instead of saying blind tech uh that real blind tech show at gmail.com it said that real blind show (laughs) at gmail.com or whatever the email address is again i'm not reading it so i believe that's what it is it might just be um 
might be blindtechshow at gmail.com. I can't remember at this point. Got too many things in my head. And I'm actually, I've got a list here in front of me, an outline, which I usually make, but of course I can't read it. So I try to go through it a few times before using voiceover or text-to-speech and then try and remember everything. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. So while we're speaking of Frank, I also like to thank him. I know he used my affiliate link as well as a few other folks, it seems, uh, for Prime Day. And I do appreciate that. And of course, that link is good anytime. Again, that's icantseeyou.com slash Amazon. Whenever you want to place an order at Amazon, it'll take you to the amazon.com homepage. You have a look around, you buy what you want. It doesn't cost anything more when you use my link. And it does earn me a small commission, somewhere between 3 and 10%. Uh, actually, they've bumped up a couple for Prime Day, and some of them that are usually 3% are now 7%. So uh, I really would appreciate that. Again, that's icantseeyou.com slash Amazon. And uh, thank you for that. And again, thank you, Frank, for those orders. And um, I was a little disappointed in Prime Day. Uh, I had a couple of things in mind that I wanted to have a look at and maybe buy. Uh, one of them is a Zoom H1N, which is a very small portable recorder it would serve two purposes for me. I've needed a small digital recorder so that I can record stuff. And for instance, I was at the blind bodega uh, yesterday, Thursday, and uh, Kirk was going through the change order, checking to see how many rolls of quarters, how many rolls of dimes and so forth. And he was basically talking into a digital recorder so he could remember when he went back to the office so that he could call the bank and call in a change order so that he could pick it up. Or and more likely his wife would pick it up since obviously Kirk is blind, he can't drive. Although I, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that he may try uh, at some point. So the other thing that I would use this Zoom H1N for would be to get sounds from stuff that goes on daily while I'm out and about. And again, I mentioned it a couple of episodes ago. I listened to a podcast called I'm Moving to Italy, and he has this little segment called Surrounding Sounds. And I'm not sure what I'm going to call it. It certainly won't be Surrounding Sounds. Uh, if you have a good idea for a name, uh, you know, certainly shoot me an email, call the number 646-926-6350. And uh, let me know. Uh, I was thinking something like, as I see it, but then that might get confusing because I'm not seeing it and I'm hearing it. I don't know. Again, give me a call if you got an idea or shoot me an email. Whatever you, whatever you want to do to get me the name, I certainly will give you a shout out and uh, we'll go from there. It would serve the two purposes. And I think I would use it a lot, especially as the audio recording of memos for myself to go back on and say, oh, what did I want to do here? Or here's an idea for the podcast. Something that would be easier than opening my phone up, going into an app and so forth and so on, where I could just push a button and just say, hey, this would be great for this show, or this would be great for an episode. Uh, and again, I do want it for the surrounding sounds because each day when, <laughs> when there are things going on at the blind bodega, it would be cool to have stuff like that or talk to some of the people as I'm ringing them up and ask them questions about their job there at the IRS or, or whatever. And, it, and it, I'll tell you something again as we get into the show a little bit later, uh, some blind bodega stories. Again, some quick hitters, nothing too long. And, um, uh, but there was no deal. Earlier in the week before Prime Day, or I guess late last week, I saw a red model of this H1N for $89, and I should have bought it, but I said, you know what, I'm going to wait until Prime Day. And when Prime Day came, the best price I saw on any color was $99. So I didn't buy one. And I'll keep looking, and hopefully I'll be able to get one uh, at least for $99. I'd like to get one for less, but we'll see. The other thing I was looking at is a GoPro Hero 10, again, so that I would be easy for me to handle while I'm out and about, and I could do some vlogging on it and things like that. A few people have said, why don't you use your phone? And the one issue I have with using my phone is I'd like to plug in a microphone, whether it's a 
lavalier mic or some other kind of mic, when you plug anything into the phone like that, it takes away voiceover. So I can't hear anything. So if I can't see it and now I can't hear it, I don't know if I'm recording. I don't know if I'm in the frame. I don't know any of that. So I can't use my phone to do that. So there were no deals or at least good deals on the GoPro Hero 10. The best price I saw was $399. Uh, within the last month, I've seen it for $379. And I'll, again, keep waiting. It's nothing I need urgently. And it's, I don't think I'll use it as much as I'll use the Zoom H1n. So I didn't buy anything on Prime Day. I know Jane said she bought a couple of things on Prime Day, but they were things that she buys anyway, and they were just a little bit better price, so she bought them. I don't think Liz bought anything. I don't know about Jacob. So, but again, thank you, Frank, for your orders, and anybody else who placed an order through my affiliate link. Again, I can't see you.com slash Amazon. I do appreciate that, and uh, every little bit helps. So thank you. Uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about, I want to congratulate my friend Lisa Bryant. Uh, Lisa, as you know, co-hosts the White Canes Connect podcast with me, and she is now part of the board at the Pennsylvania Assistive Technology Foundation, and there's a very nice press release. I will link to it in the show notes. I've tweeted it out already. She sent it over earlier today, but it is very cool. It's a very nice, a very nice article. And uh, well-deserving for her, so uh, that is great news for her and uh, a lot of good things coming along for her, which is great. Okay, so the next few things that I want to talk about are a little bit longer, and I'm going to start off with <laughs> my DMV story. My state-issued ID, which is issued in lieu of a driver's license, which, funny enough, when you need to get a passport, they will not accept this non-driver's license, even though it's issued by the state. I had trouble before with it. And maybe by now it's changed. But I figured since I'm getting my driver's I'm sorry, since I'm getting my ID renewed, I'd get the real ID. And that was all well and good. But after I did it, I thought I made a mistake. And here's why. Every day when I go into the IRS building to work at the blind bodega, I have to show my driver, well, my state ID. And when I handed it to the guard the first day, I can't accept this, he said, because it's got a hole in it, because they punch a hole in it, because it's useless now. Because usually when you go and get your new driver's license or state-issued ID, they punch a hole in it because they give you a new one. Well, they do not print the new real IDs out at this driver's license place. They send it to you in the mail, which, of course, is a problem. And there were more troubles with it later on, and I'll get to that in another story. So I then pulled out the paperwork that they gave me to show that I had applied for the real ID, and the guard at the IRS building took it. We went to the DMV, Liz and I. We got in line at 1 minute till 11, and we left at about 12.45. That's correct. One hour and 45 minutes. I might have finished up by 12.40, but by the time we got back through the people that were waiting there and back to the car, it was 12.45. Just brutal. And some of the people who were there just to renew their licenses had been waiting 40 or 50 minutes. The trouble with me going there was I had to go to two different stations. First, I had to go to the real ID station, and then I had to go and actually get my picture for the ID. So I had to wait twice. Now, the DMV story doesn't end there, and the reason, maybe the only reason I'm telling you this, is because what happened when I went for the actual photo. The real ID person was very nice and very professional, the guy who was the picture taker was less than professional and I don't want to say offensive because it doesn't usually offend me, stuff like this that goes on. It just makes me shake my head and scratch my head. Liz was with me. I was having a bad day all weekend last weekend with my hands and my wrists and everything. So Liz was holding all my information. I was holding my cane, which was hard enough to do, and she was holding the other documents. She was holding all the documents. 
So when we go up, which she came up with me because she wanted to make sure I got to the right window, she handed everything to the guy. The guy then says, does David have all his documents? And I said, yes, I do. I said, David can speak for himself. She was just holding the stuff. And maybe he was confused and thinking there was some other issue with me because Liz was holding the things. And there obviously was another issue with me. My hands hurt and I couldn't bend my fingers. But when you speak to a blind person or there's a blind person there, just ask the blind person. I know that I've said this a million times right here on this very podcast. Don't say, would David like a drink? Ask David. David, would you like a drink? That's all. That's all you have to do. Everything else with me, for the most part, works. You don't have to ask Liz or whoever else is with me whether David would like a drink. You ask David directly, just like you would ask any other blind person directly. If you have a question for them, ask them directly. And I don't think the guy even realized that he did that. And I also think that there may have been an issue or two (laughs) with this guy. But again, it irritated me and... And I have to watch myself sometimes because, again, like a few folks have said, when you are out and about, the way you react to people can make it bad for all other blind people. Oh, that blind guy was such a jackass. I bet they're all like that. No, it's just me. (laughs) So, again, when you're speaking... And there's a blind person you have a question for. Don't ask the person with the blind person. Ask the blind person. That's all. That's all you have to do. So that's my DMV story uh, until I get a little bit further down. (laughs) So on Thursday, Bastille Day, I had a very busy day. And I had gotten a call Wednesday night uh, from my boss, Kirk, from the blind bodega, the guy who runs the blind bodega at the IRS building and who has been showing me how the business enterprise program works and how it is. And and I've mentioned before that I am in no way interested in this part of the uh, business enterprise program. I want the vending. Liz and I can do it on our hours, not from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m or whatever hours you may set for a blind bodega or a cafe or a cafeteria. I don't want that. I don't want to have to hire employees. I told you I don't want employees ever again. I don't mind hiring vendors, but I don't want an employee. Because like I said, employees call out. And and I've even said to Kirk, um, when I had everything going on on Thursday, I said, you know, I'm one of those employees that I didn't like in my business because I always needed something time off to do this or time off to do that. So when I got the call Wednesday night, Kirk was having some health issues and he said, I don't know if they're going to keep me. I'll let you know if you should come in tomorrow. And here's the issue with that. And I'll talk about it a little more when I get down to my GSA story. When you go into a building like the IRS building, you have to have a GSA badge. At the other building, at the Green Federal Building, where I started working with Kirk, you didn't need that. So I could come in on my own, unlock the store, and open the store and run the store all by myself. At the IRS building, it's not open to the public. Everybody needs a badge. And if you get a visitor's badge, you need to be accompanied by somebody who has a GSA badge or an IRS badge or or some other government agency badge. So when Kirk called me and said that he wasn't well and he was at the hospital, not knowing if they were going to keep him or not, if he can't go in, there's no one else in his organization because it's just three people, me, Kirk, and Michelle, that have a GSA badge. So if he couldn't go in, business was going to be closed. And again, I'll touch on that more in a couple minutes. So he texted me later saying he was, he was good to go. And, and I reminded him when we first got in, I, and 
the way it works for me, I get on the 609 train from Swarthmore. I get into Philadelphia at about 640. And that Wednesday, that day that Kirk had called me, I got in at 640. I don't think we walked into the IRS building until 740. And the thing that kind of stinks about that is, if I knew that Kirk and Michelle weren't going to get there until 740, I could have taken the 709 train. I may have been a minute or two late from the time they got there, but it would have been around the same time, and I would have had that extra hour either to sleep or to do something else. Usually what I do when I get off the train, I go to Duncan, <laughs> and I'll tell you a story, or a quick story about that in a second. I go to Duncan, I get a tea, and I stand up against uh, in 30th Street Station in Philadelphia, which there's just something about it that... The architecture of it, it's just a majestic place. It's not like Penn Station in New York, which is just very busy and architecturally speaking, not exciting to look at. There's just something about 30th Street Station that I love. So I stand there in this little, I don't know if you would call it a nook between two two walls that are half-type walls that uh, keep you from falling into a stairwell that leads down to a Amtrak platform. I put my tea on the, the ledge. I prop my cane up in this little nook. And I just sit there while my tea cool. Well, I stand there while my tea cools and listen to all the announcements and see what's going on around me. In fact, one day I actually recorded, and I guess that was Thursday, I recorded, which was kind of funny because there were all sorts of Amtrak issues that day. Now, the th funny thing about 30th Street Station is the voice that tells you about all the train arrivals and departures and whatnot is one of those, I don't know, artificial voices. It's the same artificial voice that perhaps you've received calls about your Amazon order being held and because of payment issues, <laughs> or it may be a call from the Social Security Department or things like that. It's the same voice, which cracks me up. Uh, and it, it just makes me think of, uh, you know, spammy phone calls when I hear the train announcements. So I hang out there and then the last, this last week I've been going around and taking other pictures around the, around the area, pictures of the buildings, pictures of the IRS building, pictures of 30th street station from the outside, some from the inside. I've posted a couple on Instagram and again, uh, at David Benj over there, just like all the other socials. That I'm on. I mentioned Duncan a minute ago. Since I started going there, working at the IRS building, I've been getting a hot tea, since I have plenty of time, a hot tea from Duncan. And the first day that I went there, I said, hi, I'd like a brew, a large brewed hot tea. <laughs> and the girl looked at me funny and said, we don't have blueberry tea. I said, no, no, I don't want blueberry tea. I want a brewed hot tea. She didn't understand what I wanted. Somebody else came over and said, we have green tea. I said, no, I don't want green tea. I need the caffeine. I just want a black tea, a brewed black tea. And finally, one of the girls who wasn't a person ringing everybody up, but standing behind there, I don't know if they were a runner. I don't know what they were. Oh, you want a large hot tea? Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I want. So now when I come up to the counter, everybody knows my order. I, maybe I'm the only blind guy there that comes in. And they always ring me up. And I give them the $3 usually. I put the 31 cents in the little tip cup in front. And I wait. And then somebody, instead of calling me back up to the counter, somebody will walk from behind the counter because it's not a great setup there. The whole counter space has cash registers, four or five cash registers, so there's really no way to wait because everybody's stepping up to the counter placing orders at quarter to seven, 10 of seven in the morning. So the person, instead of calling my name, they will walk it from behind the counter and walk it over to me and hand it to me, which is, the service has been outstanding. Now, one day they did mess up and they gave me sugar. The next day when the girl handed me the tea, she said, you wanted sugar, right? I said, no, I don't want anything in it. She said, oh, I, I put sugar, let me take it back. And so she took it back and then gave me a new one. And I think it was a brand new one because I didn't taste any sweetener. I would have been okay if she just took those tea bags out and put it in another cup 
and poured more hot water in. That would have been fine by me. But she didn't. It was even better. So, and, and again, there are other places in there that I could go. If if I got sweetener a couple of times in a row, I would have. There's a pret that's literally right next door. In fact, when I make my tea, when I put the lemon in, which I bring from home, when I put the lemon in, I'm standing looking into the pret, which has seats. And I've thought, well, if I go into pret, at least I could sit down. And I'm like, no, I, I'm okay standing. But as I, as I was saying earlier, when I get to the station at 6.40 and I step up from my seat on the train, I usually, except for one time, the first Friday that I worked there, so a week ago, I don't sit down again until I sit down on the train when I'm going home. I stand the whole time while I'm at the blind bodega. I stand the whole time while I'm having my tea. And I don't sit down. I'm good with that. I'm okay standing. And it's kind of funny. Some people have, <laughs> have mentioned it to me before. But that Wednesday was a long day. Just a couple days ago was a long day because I stood the whole day. There were some issues at the blind bodega, which I won't get into here, but it, it wasn't a good day. And I was very mad when I came home. And then so I did sit down on the train. The train was late coming home. There was some sort of issue. So the train didn't leave 30th Street Station until 5 o'clock or a little bit after. And so I stood that day for, for well over 10 hours. And I, I was a little tired, I guess. I mean, I'm always tired when I come home because I try to go to sleep by 12. I have never made it where I've been in bed at 12, because I get up at 4.30. Sometimes I make it by 12.15. Most days it's 12.30, because I got a million things to do, and it takes me a long time to do everything, as I've mentioned countless times here. So I was tired and had some other issues. So my day on Thursday started out with working at the bodega. Got into town around 6.40, as I've mentioned, walked across the street, and knowing that Kirk had some health issues, I texted him at 7.28 saying, hey, I'm out in front, and I was out in front along Market Street just taking some pictures and just waiting for him to get there. I texted him at 7.28, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to move. I was on the side of the building because there's some trees there that, that are shading, and it was much cooler, obviously, in the shade than standing out in front of the building where it's sunny and not a really good spot to, to stand. And it's a little quieter on the side because the traffic is a little bit further away, the traffic on Market Street. So after I didn't hear from him for a few minutes, I walked to the front of the building figuring the day before I saw him and Michelle walk up, coming in. So I thought I'd walk to the front, and within a few minutes, Michelle came up, and I said, oh, where's Kirk? Oh, he's already in there. I said, oh, I texted him a while ago. I haven't heard anything. So we walk into the building, to the IRS building. Now, we can't go far in because there's a guard that obviously won't let us by unless we have somebody with us who has a badge. And so Michelle calls him a couple of times, and he doesn't answer. So now we're getting worried, thinking, uh-oh, we hope he's okay. And we ask the guard, is there somebody that could go in and check on him? And just as we started talking about that, which was around 10 or 11 minutes after I first texted him, we hear him coming down the hallway. And it's a very long hallway. This building used to be the main post office in Philadelphia. And I've got a picture that I, I don't think I've put it up on Instagram yet, but I took this selfie. I asked the guard a couple days ago if I could take a blind selfie with this long hallway. And it's got all the windows from when where you would go to mail a letter or send a package, whatever. And so it's very cool. This hallway, again, architecture in here, very cool because it's an old building. I don't know how old, but it's old. So my plan on Thursday, yesterday, was to work until 1030. Then I had to run across the street to catch a shuttle. And the shuttle was a mini bus type of thing. It was kind of like a party bus type of thing that was going to take us from 30th Street Station to a place where we were going to view this Amtrak mock-up. And I was really excited about this because <laughs> I don't know how many times you've been on the train, but I always forget to duck when I'm heading to the seat, and I always hit my head. And I know I've talked about it on at least one podcast, but 
there was a time, and I don't remember if I was with someone or I was by myself, but I went to sit down and I was in the handicap seating, which is usually the first couple of seats right by where the luggage is kept. It's not far from the bathroom. That's usually where they tell me to go. And if I'm not with somebody, I don't care if I sit there or not. The nice thing about sitting there is there's plenty of leg room. And if I have a bag, if I'm going somewhere, I don't have to put my bag up in the luggage thing up above, which I always forget is there. Maybe if I were putting a bag up there, I would remember and remember to duck when I sat down. Well, I hit my head and it was so loud. And of course, all the other seats are facing me. And when I hit my head, I just hear, ooh, from everybody else on the train. (laughs) And I will always remember that. And it kind of makes me smile, even though it it did hurt a little bit. But I don't think it did much damage. I mean, who knows? (laughs) If you knew me before that and you know me now and you think it did, well, okay. Um, So going through this mock-up, they talked about how it's going to be and how many trains they've ordered and the amount of the order, which is over $7 billion, which is a crazy amount of money. And these trains are scheduled to come online, I think they said in 2024. And it was just very cool to view this mock-up. Now, it was a normal-sized train. It wasn't actually a train, though. It was a mock-up. There, were, there was wood in places. Obviously, the train's not going to have plywood and, and two-by-fours. But the seats were all real for the most part. There were, there were a couple that were made out of plywood with some uh, padding shoved in there. And one of the guys was telling me, it was, it was weird. There were a couple guys named Dave. And there were a couple guys named Mike and a couple of, the, couple of other folks. Um, but it was very cool going through that and checking out the accessibility. Now, Harriet, who was with us, uh, and this was set up for us by... Uh, Trish Maunder and Catherine Allen from uh, Philly Touch Tours. Trish and Lauren from Amtrak had worked together before when Lauren was at another organization, and I National Endowment for the Arts or something like that. I, I forget exactly what it, what it was, but Lauren remembered Trish and said, hey, we'd like to have some feedback from blind and visually impaired users to go through this train and give us some ideas, make sure everything is good. Harriet actually found some Braille issues where numbers weren't correct. And of course, I wouldn't have found that. But uh, for example, the seats that we were looking at was 75, I think it was 75, number doesn't matter, 75A and 75B. Well, in Braille, which I guess I kind of knew this, letters and numbers are the same. So 1 and A are the same. It's just differentiated by something that precedes that. So when you have all letters, obviously you assume everything in that line is letters. So in this instance, 75A was 751 and 75B was 752. So Harriet said, this says 751 and 752 is that what it's supposed to be? And they said, no, it's, a, and she explained to them, you have to have the thing to change the one to a, an A and, and so forth. So she caught that. And, and Denise had caught something else where the number didn't match. And I don't remember the number itself. It was like 77, but the Braille said 71. I don't remember exactly what it was. So there were, obviously they're going to need somebody, somebody to proofread the Braille Uh, on these things. And they're basically on the aisle so that when you're walking down the aisle, uh, sighted folks would see the numbers and say, oh, okay, 75A and B. Uh, I'm in 75B, so I'm going to go in there. And the B is the one against the window. Uh, A few folks on the, um, on our portion of the tour, and there were, there were four or five of us, and I have, a po- I have a picture that we took. I will post that uh, on Instagram and maybe on the webpage as well. Uh, instead of A and B, why not A and W? Which, of course, makes me think of root beer because I sold a bunch of A and W the day before. <laughs> but A and W for aisle and window, to make it 
a little easier to figure out which one's A, which one's B. And uh, I don't know that they're going to go with that, but whatever, it doesn't matter. It was a suggestion. Uh, so then we go on to the train, and they're telling us, one of, the, one of the designers was telling us, hey, this is why we did this, and this is how we did that. Then we move in, and the first thing that we get to is the restroom, which the first time I was on a train on my own, I don't remember where I was going. I want to say I was going either to Baltimore or to Washington. I had to use the bathroom. And when I got into the bathroom, I didn't know how to lock the door. I didn't know where to flush the toilet. I didn't know how to make the sink work. And if there's one place you don't want to feel everything in there, it's a bathroom. And so in the new restrooms on these ICT cars, you don't even have to touch the flush button. It's big enough where I was able to notice where it was but if you wave your hand in front of it, if you're close enough, it will flush automatically. Just like when you put your hands under the sink, the water will come on. And you put your hands under the soap, the soap will come out. And then they had those hateful blowers that dry your hands. And they really dry your hands, but then wet either someplace else on your body. I know when I dry my hands in front of those, my pants are then wet <laughs> afterwards. So I'm not a big fan of those. I uh, always like to have... I, I always end up wiping my hands on my pants or my sides of my shirt or whatever to, to dry them the whole way. So then we moved in and we saw the car, uh, the seats in the car, and we saw in the business class seats, uh, they have these tables with these pull-out, it almost looked like a keyboard tray, uh, but it was very cool. It was just a really good setup. And best of all, <laughs> the luggage rack was a little bit higher. Now, if I stood straight up, I would graze the top of my head. But when you go to sit down, you're never standing straight up because you're starting to bend over. It's not like the current cars where you, even if you bend over a little bit, I'd, I still hit my head. Uh, this was enough that if I went to sit down, I wouldn't have to remember to duck. And then we saw where the cafe car, how that would be set up. And uh, it was just a really nice, it was a really nice hour or two that we were there. The best part for me was... I got to speak with Lauren, who is the head of accessibility at Amtrak, and I have some ideas that I started to develop when uh, we had Trish and Catherine on White Canes Connect about a week earlier. And I came up with some ideas on something that I'd like to do, and I'm not going to get into it now. If I go a little bit further with it, I'll talk about it more. But I spoke to Lauren for quite a while. I kind of felt bad because I felt like I was keeping her from talking to everybody else in the group and from other folks in the, we weren't the only group to go through. There were a whole bunch of people that went through in different groups. So it was great to speak with her and I'm glad to have that contact. She has other contacts with museums and things. And, uh, and that's where I was, where my thoughts were headed with museums and other, and other places like that, uh, that are accessible and maybe not accessible and things like that. So I was glad to make the connection. It was nice to speak with her. And then after that, that, that finished up and I didn't know how I was going to get to my next appointment. My next appointment, which shouldn't have been my next appointment, I should have gone back to the IRS building because I misread the email that gave me my time for my GSA badge. I thought it gave me a window of sometime in the one o'clock hour until around 3 o'clock or 3.30. Well, my appointment was for 3.30. So when I left this place in North Philadelphia, instead of going to 6th and Arch, where my appointment was, I had a couple of hours. I should have just gone to the IRS, and then I could have just left the IRS at quarter past 3 or so, or 10 after 3, and just taken some sort of train or uh, the Market Frankfurt line down to somewhere around 6th Street. If I went, if I was taking the train, I would get off at Jefferson Station and walk a few blocks and, and be there. But I had, they had a shuttle that took me to 6th and Arch. And when I got there, the, the guard at the front desk said, oh, I don't show you for your appointment until 3.30, but it's up on the fourth floor. So I went to the fourth floor. I'm wandering around, wondering, and some lady sees me. She says, can I help you find where you're going? I said, yeah, I have to go uh, the the GSA office to get my badge to get fingerprinted. Oh no, that's not here. You get your badge here. You get it programmed on this floor, 
but you have to get it on the second floor. And she said, you're the third person today that was sent to this floor for the fingerprinting in the picture when you should have been sent to the second floor. And the funny thing is, on the second floor, you get off the elevator, you make a right and then a left and then a right, and you're right at this person's office. Well, it turns out, since my appointment wasn't until 3.30, this person wasn't in her office until 3.30, or well, 3.25, let's say. She called me back. She saw me out there. So I wasted all that time there. And this building, as I've mentioned before, because it was where I first worked at the blind bodega there, is always ice cold. And I was shivering. At one point I got up, I had to go to the bathroom. I figured, you know, if I go to the bathroom, I know on the first floor, the bathroom's a little warmer and the water comes out is a lot warmer. So it warmed me up. So I went to the bathroom. I get all excited to wash my hands afterwards and the water was ice cold. I spent the next 10 minutes, even while I was back with this lady who was taking my pictures and doing my fingerprints, I was shivering the whole time and I asked her <laughs> and it looked like she had a sweater on. I said, is this building warm in the winter? Or is it cold like now? And she said, oh no, this building's cold all the time. She said, I have a sweater on now and I have a heavier sweater on in the winter. And I started to laugh and I explained to her that I would wear a hoodie when I worked at the bodega downstairs. And then we started talking about that because the new operator hasn't opened yet. And I'm not quite sure why. But here is the issue with getting the badge. It's not just taking your picture. And the funny story about the picture, she said, okay, I need, you, I need to get your picture. Turn your head to the left a little bit and look straight ahead. And I looked straight ahead and I knew she was going to take the picture. And I started to smile. She said, oh, no, no, don't smile. <laughs> so when there is a police activity or some issue by a government employee and they show their government-issued ID with a photo and they look miserable, that's why. The government doesn't like when you smile, evidently. I don't know why. That's kind of weird, I think. Even the DMV tells you to smile if you like, but not when you're getting <laughs> some sort of government badge. I don't get it. That part was easy enough, but then I had to get fingerprinted. And to the fingerprinted, it isn't like you're dipping your finger in ink and then smudging it on. You have to press on this thing, this pad, and it hurt like hell. Like I said, my hands and feet and my hands especially have just hurt so much in the last week that I was hopeful that when I took, I took my second shot of Stellara on Tuesday afternoon, my hope is that my hope was that it would start to feel better after I did that. It it hasn't felt any better. And I'm a little concerned because Stellara is one of these medicines where you take it basically once a quarter. The first two shots are a month apart, and then you take it every 12 weeks. So I'm wondering what the story gonna be in a few weeks. Is it gonna feel better or is it because the medicine has now run its course through me, is it not going to feel, is it going to feel 10 times worse? Because my hands, both hands hurt a lot. I can't even open my hand. At one day this week at the blind bodega, <laughs> I was dropping change all over the place because I couldn't, my, my fingers, two of my fingers on my left hand had seized up. I couldn't move them. And I'm dropping change. And, and Michelle said to me, oh, I see some change all over the floor. I said, yeah. And I explained everything to her. Um, the worst is not when I drop it on the floor because somebody sees it on the floor. The worst is when I'm getting change out to give somebody their change from a transaction and I drop it into one of the other change containers because I can't tell the difference with the change, especially because there are dollar coins all the way to the left in the till. So if I drop a quarter in there, I'm never going to find it. If I drop a dime in the pennies, I'm not going to find it and I'm going to end up giving that dime out as a penny and so forth. So that, that's, been an, that's been an issue. But with this fingerprint thing, first I had to start with my thumb on, I forget which hand, my right hand, I think. And you have to push down and then roll it. Well, my thumb, the ligaments along the side of my thumb from where the second knuckle of your thumb is through to your wrist, it hurts so much. And she's like, oh, you got to push harder than that. I said, I, you know, and I explained to her what the issue was. And it only got worse from there. I then had to do my left hand, hurt also. 
Then I had to do each individual finger, which for my index fingers worked okay. Middle fingers hurt, but not terribly on my left hand, horribly on my right. On both hands, my ring fingers, first of all, my ring fingers on both hands don't even, I can't even bend them certain ways and separate them from the other fingers. Like if I want to bend them down, they all bend down. If I, I, I just can't keep it up and keep my other fingers down. So I had to take my other hand and move my other two fingers, my pinky and my middle finger, so I could just push down with my ring finger. And I did that, and I thought, okay, I'm done. I've done all each individual thing. Then I had to do them in pairs. I then had to do my thumbs again. Then I had to do my index finger and middle finger. Then I had to do my ring finger and pinky. And it was excruciating. And I'm wondering, they hurt so much today, I'm wondering if it's from that or if it's something else going on. Uh, and it was excruciating. I just, uh, I just, I, I didn't like it and I didn't expect it to be like that. But I finished up there and the cool thing was that I finished up there and I walked back to Jefferson Station and as I walked into the station, even though I was going to hit the bathroom before I went, I hear now arriving on track three section A is the 354 train to Elwyn, which is the train line that I get on. And I thought, oh, I want to make this train. I don't want to wait around here. So I'll skip the bathroom. Hope I don't have to go <laughs> terribly on the way home. And I got on that train and everything was good. And, uh, and, and I, didn't ha- I didn't have a bathroom issue on the way. Now, that doesn't get me the badge. That, now they process that. So it'll be another week or two before I get my badge. And I'm wondering what will come first. Will it be my badge or will it be my real ID? Who knows? We'll see. So lastly, with the blind bodega, my story this week, I don't have any hot dog stories, which I guess is good. That means I didn't mess anything up (laughs) and I didn't lose any and we're good to go there. (laughs) So that was good. However, I got a call last night at, I don't remember what time, 10 or 11 o'clock from Kirk and he was back in the hospital And this time they were going to keep him. And I talked to him for a couple of minutes and I told him I was sorry he had to stay. And he was almost matter-of-factly talking about it, like he was going to get milk or whatever. And and I had mentioned, apologizing again, that I messed up on my timing and have could have come back to the store for an hour or two before heading down to the building to get my GSA stuff. And he said, don't worry about it. He said, I forgive you. And I said, well, I, I said, I'm a little harder on myself than that. And he said, no, get, you know, just put that out of your mind. And, uh, and we talked, for, like I said, a minute or two more. And this morning I got a call from Michelle saying that someone has tested positive for COVID. And I had mentioned to Michelle a couple of days earlier because she was coughing in the store. I said, Sounds like, sounds like a COVID cough to me. She's like, no, no, it's not COVID. It's, I have smoker's cough, she said. So I'm waiting for that to all fall out. Liz was a little mad at me because I don't wear a mask at the store. I wear it on the train and when I'm waiting on the platform, but I don't wear it in the store when I'm walking to and from. So I'm hopeful that I don't have it. I don't feel like I have it. And I'll take a test in a couple of days to see. We have plenty of home tests, and I'll I'll take one of those and see what the story is. Uh, The sad thing is, on Monday, I have a doctor's and eye doctor appointment, a glaucoma appointment, at 11. And then we were going to go down to the shore for a few hours to visit Liz's former co-teacher at Walden and hang out there and probably have dinner, go on the beach do some things like that, and then come home, and I'd have to go to sleep because i got to get up at 4.30 the next morning. So as I mentioned earlier, because Kirk was in the hospital, I was off today because, again, there's nobody that can open up. Now, Michelle had told me that he was trying to rush our badges through. Now, she hasn't even been fingerprinted or taken the picture yet because, again, when he's out, then the store can't open. And not that Friday's a busy day. Friday is not busy. And that is why Friday's now Michelle is off and Monday's I'm off, which is great. I'm very excited about that. And I told Kirk 
that if he needed to cut me more because of cost moves, I was okay with that, as I, I may have mentioned that last week. So I was off today. Now, I don't know how it's going to work if when I test myself on Monday with COVID, if I don't have it, obviously, I will still go down to the beach um, and I'll still go to my eye appointment. I don't know how it will work if I test posit- positive. Obviously, we're not going to do anything and I'll have to call and cancel my appointment. But if I, if I don't, if everything looks good on Monday, do I still go to my eye appointment? I, I'm guessing yes, even though I've been around somebody. I guess I'll call them if, and see what they say. So I don't know what that means for the store in general because if we can't go in because of COVID, then I guess the store remains closed. I don't, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see. Fingers are crossed that I don't have it. Uh, like I said, it's hearing the two of them over the last couple of days, both coughing and whatnot, I mean, I've even been coughing. Now, I didn't, I didn't do a test yet because I don't want to waste it. I want to wait a couple of days <laughs> and make sure it's been a couple of days because who knows when they've had it from. I had mentioned this to Michelle on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday about their, their coughing. So hopefully all is good. I will, of course, let you know next week <laughs> and uh, we'll see how it goes. But I'm excited, hopefully, to go down the shore on Monday and uh, just get a little time on the beach because as I've mentioned before, I would love to live at the beach and I'm jealous of my friend Alex and his family. They are in Italy and he posted and sent me some pictures from the beach in Italy. Uh, they're doing a, an orchestra, tr- orchestra trip. Sebastian, his oldest son, is in this orchestra and th- they had this trip planned before COVID had set in, but then it was to take place during COVID. So they postponed it a couple of years. So it looks like there are some great photos and a lot of good things going on and very jealous of his time (laughs) in Italy on the beach. And um, so hopefully I'll get a chance, Liz and I will get a chance to go down on Monday for a few hours and uh, we'll see how it is. That would be fun. But if not, it's okay too, I guess. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't go. That is all I have for this episode of I Can't See You. It's been episode 188. Show notes at icantseeyou.com slash 188. Remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence. It's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 188. You can contact me, as I've mentioned earlier, 646-926-6350. Please leave your name in town. You have up to three minutes. Give me your questions, your comments, your show ideas, tips, Anything you've got. Again, 646-926-6350. I would appreciate that. If you are a little shy and just want to send me an email, that's okay too. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you on all the socials. Remember, David Benj, and you can connect with me there. So again, thanks for listening to episode 188. Be safe, stay well, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.